Welcome to the River Rain Show. I'm your host, Catherine Allen, clairvoyant medium and astrologer. Tonight, we will share great music, movie clips, short stories, or quotes, all on our theme of this week. So grab yourself a tea, get yourself comfy and warm, sit back and be soothed by the music, the inspiration, and the introspection. Welcome to the River Rain Show.
Good evening. Um, the music cut out a little quick. Sorry about that. Uh, that was Blade Runner, if you remember that awesome movie. Tonight's show might feel a little bit futuristic, but uh, perhaps we've arrived at the future of a new world with the shifting of Saturn into Aquarius for the next two and a half years, and also with a new world that we can see emerging or that will need to emerge post-COVID-19. So tonight is all about exploring what this planet shift means and also about taking a look at, you know, a little bit of, um, well, is it fantasy or was it prediction? You know, when we looked at the work of George Orwell, the work of Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, or the book 1984. Um, I've got a few interesting things to read you, quotes um, describing what both these futuristic sci-fi <laughs> novels were, were, were proposing as a future world and what premises they were saying would rule, you know, um, our psyche or what would affect us the most and what their fears were. And it's very interesting because, you know, you're going to see that some of it is, uh, is playing out or could play out even further. And of course, as usual, I have a mix of nice music. I hope the show doesn't feel, um, ominous or anything. It, I'm trying to create a, a mood, sort of like the Blade Runner, um, because I think that film just really captured an atmosphere so well, didn't it? If you watched it, it's, it's going back. Where um, if you're put in an altered mood, then you tend to be willing to open your mind and allow yourself to envision something a little different. So hopefully I'll be able to take you into a different mood and uh, we're just visioning a future. It's still, it's still yet to be created or co-created by all of us. That's where I'm going to stand on that. Uh, no conspiracy stuff. And um, yeah, I'm anxious to sort of delve into this show and see what you think. So not many announcements really. Um, if you want to reach me, I work online. I always did, but I'm working completely online for now until um, we've figured things out and businesses and service people um, are safely back uh, to work. Um, but for me, I intend to always be available online and, uh, and be global, uh, as I have been. So if you would like a session or private course or you've got a group of people and you want to have a little online get-together, all kinds of stuff's possible. Um, that's part of the new world. It's the creativity that people are bringing to doing things online. Um, you can reach me at river-rain.com or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Catherine Clairvoyant Medium, Catherine Allen. I have some online courses running in case any of you are feeling inspired to learn. I have uh, my book, A Little Bit of Intuition, on Barnes & Noble 
Goodreads, Chapters Indigo, Amazon, you name it. Um, I'm very happy it's been selling well. And um, if you want to order it, you can go there. And if you like, I have a companion course that I made to help you go through the book and go even deeper. That's on my website, river-rain.com, online courses. Um, Also, I have a tarot course running, and that's going to last several months. And uh, it started already, but you're not too late. You can take it whenever you want. But we have begun. And um, every few days, you're going to get a very thorough um, and quite detailed video lecture about each card and uh, we're going to go through the entire deck and then I have extra courses that are added on to the major and the minor arcana talking about reading intuitively dealing with symbolism dealing with ethics that come up how to spread how to read for yourself and others so if you're interested in that again it's it's also on my website to sign up or you can email me many of these sources river-rain.com and the last thing would be patreon patreon is a really cool site in general where you can follow and support people's work that you if you like their work it's more of a fan kind of site and um, I offer my extended readings when I give reports for the month or the new and full moon There's always an extended, more detailed reading on Patreon for my followers there. And also I've created an astrology course on Patreon as well. If you're, again, you can dive into that whenever you want. While we're in the sign that we're currently in, I will deal with all things related to that sign. All the planets and aspects, how they relate when they're in that sign. So month by month you get about... uh, six or seven videos on that sign so you might want to check me out that's patreon and again clairvoyant medium Catherine allen all right so we're going to uh go to our song of the week now i wanted to have something a little more uplifting and fun as our song of the week since we've all been shut in for so long and at the same time um, spring fever has hit in many places the weather's good people are feeling cagey and they want to come out and they're feeling you know stiff from sitting around in their house and so I thought I would play you something fun that maybe you can get up and dance to if you like so here's our song of the week
that's nice and happy, isn't it? <laughs> a nice warm song to get out and dance to. Hopefully we will be able to figure ways to go out, ways to congregate so that we, even if we have to do it in a new way, we can do it at all, right? So <clears throat> I'm going to start off with a bit of the astrology then. So it's quite interesting to me astrologically, even though we can't always prove, um, we don't know in advance with astrology how everything's precisely going to play out but we see overarching themes and we can see timings when we would expect something to to happen and as I mentioned earlier in the year I think I even did a show about it um, we've all been we were all waiting for January 2020 uh, there was a convergence of multiple planets in Capricorn and everybody was expecting something big. And ironically, you know, the moment that it hit, uh, January 13th, we weren't really aware yet that the first confirmed cases of COVID in North America actually were around the 15th of January, from what I've read. I mean, I'm going to preface a lot of things that way tonight because... There is so much overload of information and people contradicting each other, whether it's medical or political, uh, conspiracy or not. There's, it's hard for anybody to know exactly, but I've read this multiple times now that the first cases hit North America around the middle of January. But, you know, nobody sort of says, oh, Eureka, there's a case of this. Um, right on that date for astrologers to know but in hindsight it's interesting to me that that's when it was when they confirmed the first case in the US and Canada now the other thing that's also quite interesting is that Saturn moved into Aquarius um, March I'm going to double check I'm pretty sure it's the 20th um, and our quarantine began um here it began around like the 13th of March. So that's sort of interesting too, isn't it? Um, I mean, if there is any pattern that can be reliable from astrology for this crisis, which I don't know, you know, I... There And I doubt many other astrologers are going to know too. A lot of people will weigh in and say, oh yes, it's because of Neptune and Pisces, it's a virus, and it's because of, you know, all the planets in Capricorn that there's a breaking down of the system. It's Uranus and Taurus is wreaking havoc on the, on the financial world and on our work. Um, yes. But also Saturn, interestingly, will be in Aquarius until around July 1st. It's going to backtrack through Capricorn for six months, and then it's going to be officially back in December of this year in Aquarius to stay for two years. You could, you could wonder whether the, um, the outbreak could show a bit of a respite while we backtrack this planet, and you could wonder, will there be um, a second wave? Hopefully not, but... Or will there be stronger measures put forth by the time we get to December? All of it 
of course remains to be seen right so just double checking the date that it actually um yeah march 21st okay so um were we officially on lockdown by the 21st yeah in most places probably some earlier than others here for me i i know i remember vividly it was friday the 13th that uh the world changed and everything everything became very clear that we had to um stay home and get our supplies but you know in seattle or out west it hit a lot sooner and they were already in the juice a few weeks before us so as i said you know astrology is not precise but um i will be keeping an eye um it um as i said it'll go back into capricorn from july 1st to december 17th 2020 and then it will stay in Aquarius until March 2023. So if this this period of time with Saturn, it doesn't mean we're going to deal with a virus for three years. But it does mean that the virus is a catalyst for a lot of societal changes that we will be seeing come into play, I would say, during this transit. So we're going to first try to just... Uh, understand what Saturn in Aquarius really means. So, <clears throat> I um, I think I will play us some more music and we'll come back and we'll delve into this Saturn aspect. Alright, here's another fun one. Maybe you want to get up and dance too.
The perfect dictatorship would have the appearance of a democracy, but would basically be a prison without walls, in which the prisoners would not even dream of escaping. 
It would essentially be a system of slavery where, through consumption and entertainment, the slaves would love their servitude. Aldous Huxley, 1931. Pretty foretelling, isn't it? I'm going to read you an article now. It's a little long, a little bit long, a few minutes, but it is quite good. And um, I'm getting this from a guy called ArchieDunlop.com. Now, I didn't know about him previously, but I saw this article and um, I thought it was quite well written. And um, it talks about whether astral- whether Saturn is the harbinger of a brave new world. The theme of our show tonight is Brave New World, and that quote, or Aldous Huxley wrote the novel Brave New World, which I'll be reading uh, other quotes and stuff from. Um, it's amazing how people tap into things in um, music or in art forms in any in any way it's a ama- it's it's interesting to me that because very often um, works of art whether it's a novel or music or a painting they tend to tap into things that are greater than us just like I do channeling energies um, and uh, sensing what's to come it's just a different form of expressing it so you know, in some ways, should we really be surprised when science fiction seems to become close to the truth? So here we go. This is, as I mentioned, ArchieDunlop.com. The article is Astrology Prediction and Comment. Saturn moves into Aquarius, harbinger of a brave new world. On Sunday, March 22nd, 2020, at 3.58 a.m., Saturn moves into Aquarius. It stays in this sign until July 1st, and then it goes back into Capricorn. It returns to Aquarius on December 17th. In many ways, this March 22nd change is a preview of the future. We won't get the full Saturn in Aquarius experience until December. We should bear in mind that the end of December, there is a Jupiter and Saturn conjunction in the first degrees of Aquarius. From then on, the world gets the full Aquarius treatment. So what does it mean when Saturn goes into Aquarius? Is it something, it is something that happens every 29 years. When you look back at previous ingresses, you don't see an exact, an exact repetition of history. Instead, you see different but perhaps rhyming themes. On February 6, 1991, Saturn went into Aquarius. It was during the first Gulf War, and on the following day, U.S. troops began the ground war. A week later, the Americans fired two laser-guided bombs at a bunker in Baghdad, killing hundreds of people. In a way, this was a Saturn in Aquarius event. The bombs were considered to be, quote, smart, And we have the image of technology being used to destroy people. To deconstruct the imagery, Saturn is a malefic planet which functions well in Aquarius. And Aquarius is a sign connected with inventiveness and technology. 
Flip back 29 years and Saturn entered Aquarius on January 3, 1962. In the early 60s, we saw a more positive aspect of Aquarius. It was a time when people wanted to be free, at least in the West. Though it wasn't until Saturn moved into Pisces that the 60s moved into top gear. Yet, the essence of Saturn in Aquarius was captured by British politician Harold Wilson in a speech he made October 1st, 1963. Quote, In all our plans for the future, we are redefining and we are restarting our socialism in terms of the scientific revolution. But that revolution cannot become a reality unless we are prepared to make far-reaching changes in economic and social attitudes which permeate our whole system of society. The Britain that is going to be forged in the white heat of this revolution will be no place for restrictive practices or for outdated methods on either side of industry." Unquote. This absolutely describes the positive side of Saturn in Aquarius. You've got a revolution which seeks to change society in a positive way. It's a revolution that's based on science and technology. Go back another 29 years, and in 1932, Saturn entered Aquarius on February 24th and November 20th. The final entry was critical. It brought to power two politicians whose governments embodied the Aquarian principle. By November 20th, 1932, both politicians had won elections, but there was a delay before they came to power. Adolf Hitler's National Socialist Party was the largest party after the November 6, 1932 German elections. And Franklin Roosevelt won the November 8th presidential election. Hitler came to power January 30th, 1933. Roosevelt, March 4th, 1933 and Roosevelt had his son in Aquarius, by the way. There were definite similarities between Hitler and FDR's first years in government. They came into power on the back of a Great Depression, and they believed that the state could play a commanding role in the workings of society. People and businesses were not as free as they had been, and grand plans were created for reforming society. Which brings us forward to 2020. The world is facing a crisis and Saturn is about to move into Aquarius. The West is now relying on the government to sort things out, as was the case in Germany and the United States in 1933. With Saturn moving into Aquarius, people are not going to be as free as they were. And as the world seeks to contain the coronavirus, further restraints will be put in place. But it's not just about the virus. With Saturn moving into Aquarius, we'll see technology having an increasing impact on our lives and artificial intelligence will start taking center stage. As far as the coronavirus is concerned, Saturn's movement from Capricorn to Aquarius is about to change from the acute to the chronic phase. This is because Capricorn is a cardinal sign. Aquarius is a fixed one. There'll be less emphasis on taking immediate action to stop an exponential threat, more emphasis 
on dealing with a disease which has taken root in the general population. Everyone's at risk of getting the disease, and the focus will be on finding effective treatment, especially for the elderly. Then there is Russia. Russia is supposed to be an economic disaster. That hasn't got the resources to support its expansionist aims. Well, in the traditional Ptolemaic scheme, Russia is covered by the sign Aquarius, and Saturn moving into Aquarius is going to show the world that the bear is far from dead. Russia is on the up, and over the next few years, we'll see its economic and political influence growing, especially in Eastern Europe, which may be the part of the worst world worst hit by the fallout from the upcoming economic crisis. However, when looking at Saturn's movement into Aquarius, just remember that it's just a taster because it goes back into Capricorn in July. The real deal doesn't start until December. So that was archiedunlop.com in case you want to go read that again. Um, it's quite sobering, isn't it, to read or to look at this article or to look at astrology sometimes. Now, as we said, not everything always plays out like a, um, you know, like a script. There's shades of gray. There's ways that we all participate to create the, uh, the good side of something or the not so good side of something. And that, that's, that really remains to be seen. But all we can say for now is from now until July, you know, we're, we're April 27th today. We have another two months where we're getting a taste. Um, and so take a look, take a look at the news, listen to what's going on, listen, see what trends are starting to emerge, see how you're feeling, how the general population is reacting and feeling in these next couple of months. Just, I recommend to everybody to try to just stay in a, a more impartial observing mo uh, mode because we're getting, we're seeing the preview right now and we're going to get a break from it for six months and then it's going to come back and in that six months where Saturn retrogrades back into Capricorn it's going to feel a little more like we're you, we've, what we've been used to in the last couple of years you might want to think about um, what's important to you uh, to, to finish up to put in motion um, before we get to this potentially more restrictive, um, you know, re restrictive changes that come about in society. <sighs> so I'm going to play you a little bit more music and we're going to come back and uh, dig into a little bit of Aldous Huxley. Thank you. 
In the novel 1984 by George Orwell, dystopian novel, it was published June 8, 1949, and it was his final book of his lifetime. And um, the story takes place in an imagined future, the year 1984. This is, I'm getting this from Wikipedia, by the way. Um, when much of the world has fallen victim to perpetual war, omnipresent government surveillance, historical nega, eh, negationism, and propaganda. Great Britain, known as Airstrip One, has become a province of a superstate named Oceania that is ruled by the party who employ the thought police to persecute individuality and independent thinking. Big Brother, the leader of the party, enjoys an intense cult of personality despite the fact that he may not exist. Protagonist, Winston Smith, is a diligent and skillful rank-and-file worker and party member who secretly hates the party and dreams of rebellion. He enters a forbidden relationship with a co-worker. 1984 has become a classic literary example of political and dystopian fiction. Many terms used in the novel have entered common usage now, including Big Brother, Double Think, Thought Crimes, Newspeak, Memory Hole. 1984 also uh, popularized the adjective Orwellian, uh, connoting things such as official deception, secret surveillance, brazenly misleading terminology, and the manipulation of recorded history by a totalitarian or authoritarian state. So, this was Orwell. This was 1984 and what it was proposing. Now let's take a look at what Brave New World was proposing. This is again taken from Wikipedia. Hopefully most of us have read these in high school. It's been a while since I have, since I read them. So Brave New World is also a dystopian novel uh, by English author, both British authors, Aldous Huxley. was written in 1931 and published in 1932. How interesting. Look at that. It was published when Saturn went into Aquarius. Largely set in a futuristic world state whose citizens are, are environmentally engineered to intelligent-based social hierarchy. The novel anticipates huge scientific advancements in reproductive technology, sleep learning, psychological manipulation, and classical conditioning that are combined to make a dystopian society which is challenged by only a single individual, the story's protagonist. Huxley followed this book with a reassessment in essay form, Brave New World Revisited, 1958, and with his final novel, Island, in 1962. Interesting, his final novel is Saturn and Aquarius, the utopian counterpart. The novel is compared to Orwell's 1984. Um, 
and that I'm done, sorry. The title Brave New World derives from Miranda's speech in William Shakespeare's The Tempest. <laughs> oh wonder, how many goodly creatures are there here? How beauteous mankind is, oh brave new world that has such people in it. Interesting, I did not know that. Shakespeare's use of the phrase is intended ironically because the speaker's innocence means she fails to recognize the evil nature of the island's visitors. Huh. I love irony like that. So, I'm going to read you one more uh, interesting um, passage that I found that compares these, these two that I, I find interesting to look at right now because, you know, We've, if, if you read these in high school, university, many of us have had to read both those books or one of them. And there, there are classic go-to, uh, you know, what could the world become in a dystopian society and, you know, representing some stuff that, you know, is desirable and some stuff that is undesirable for sure or scary. And, and we keep them in the back of our mind as a reference point. And now we can wonder, with Saturn and Aquarius, are we headed for that? So, this passage is by Neil Postman. He says, What Orwell feared were those who would ban books. What Huxley feared was that there would be no reason to ban a book, for there would be no one who wanted to read one. Orwell feared those who would deprive us of information. Huxley feared those who would give us so much that we would be reduced to passivity and egotism. Orwell feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Huxley feared, feared that the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Orwell feared we would become a captive culture. Huxley feared we would become a trivial culture, preoccupied with some equivalent of the feelies, the orgy-porgy, <laughs> and centrifugal bumble puppy. Okay, what a weird... Okay, anyway. As Huxley remarked in Brave New World Revisited, the civil libertarians and rationalists who are ever on the alert to oppose tyranny failed to take into account man's almost infinite appetite for distractions. In 1984, Orwell added, people are controlled by inflicting pain. In Brave New World, they are controlled by inflicting pleasure. In short, Orwell feared that our fear will ruin us. Huxley feared that our desire will ruin us. How interesting is that?
So, I hope that livens you up a little bit and uh, leaves you in a good mood to consider more of what we have to present tonight. So, here's another passage that I found, and unfortunately there is no author to this. It was just uh, something I found online describing, again, differences between Orwell and Aldous Huxley. We were keeping our eye on 1984. When the year came and the prophecy didn't, thoughtful Americans sang softly in praise of themselves. The roots of liberal democracy had held. Wherever else the terror had happened, we, at least, had not been visited by Orwellian nightmares. But we had forgotten that alongside Orwell's dark vision there was another slightly older, slightly less well-known, equally chilling Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. Contrary to common belief, even among the educated, Huxley and Orwell did not prophesy the same thing. Orwell warns that we will be overcome by an externally imposed oppression. But in Huxley's vision, no big brother is required to deprive people of their autonomy, maturity, and history. As he saw it, people will come to love their oppression, to adore the technologies that undo their capacity to think. Scary, isn't it? But can you see it? I can. This is a quote from one of the characters in the book. He says, But I don't want comfort. I want God. I want poetry. I want real danger. I want freedom. I want goodness. I want sin. You might as well ask if it's natural to do up one's trousers with zippers, said the controller sarcastically. You remind me of another of those fellows called Bradley. He defined philosophy as the finding of a bad reason for what one believes by instinct. As if one believed anything by instinct. One believes things because one has become conditioned to believe them. Finding bad reasons for what one believes, for other bad reasons, that's philosophy. People believe in God because they've been conditioned to believe in God. Quote, Quote, but all the same, insisted the savage. It's natural to believe in God when you're alone, quite alone, in the night thinking about death. Ah, but people are never alone now, said Mustafa. We must, we make them hate solitude, and we arrange their lives so that it's impossible for them ever to have it. Also a very interesting concept from Brave New World, considering that we are all in a quarantine.
discover or um, go into the other aspects that come up with this transit of Saturn and Aquarius. This one is less about history and politics and a little more, some of the more 
personal themes that we might go through. And um, it does have some advice in this article. And um, I'm going to read it to you. It is from a site called astrofix.net. So, again, the transiting dates of Saturn and Aquarius, March 21st. You're going to see that online. It changes. Some people say the 22nd. Some This other article said March 22nd, 358. This one says March 21st, 1158 p.m. All depends on what time zone they're using and if they're using universal time or Greenwich Mean Time or Eastern Standard. So, anyway. March 21st, 22nd, it Saturn enters Aquarius. July 1st, it retrogrades and enters Capricorn. December 17th, it enters Aquarius again. And March 7th, 2023, it will enter Pisces. What it says here is, choose your friends wisely. It's time for quality friends. It's time to find friends who have the same ideals as you and who envision a future with you in it. It's time to associate with people who speak the truth and who have a sense of loyalty and integrity. It's time to hang out with people who give you the freedom to be yourself and don't use guilt tactics or manipulation strategies to get you to do what they want. It's time to associate with people who value your right to be yourself as much as they value their right to be themselves. It's time to give everybody some breathing room. Mind your own business. Give some people space to live their lives. Be a good friend. The consequences of the company you keep. Take responsibility for your half of the friendship. Take responsibility for your role in the groups you're involved with. Social conscience, commit to your vision of the future. The water bearer's mortal en enemy is the tribal instinct. To conquer that tribal instinct, the water bearer, Aquarius, must cultivate absolute loyalty to truth. That's a quote from Stephen Forrest, The Inner Sky. Be cautious about being a mindless follower of celebrity personalities. Be careful about associating with groups that want you to compromise your personal integrity. Be careful about bending your ideals to fit into a movement. Join a herd at your own risk. Groups and clubs and organizations can feel heavy or burdensome. Be true to who you are. Keep a cool head. Like things because you like them, not because 95,000 other people like them. Pulling back from groups and associations to maintain your personal integrity. That could be a theme. Finding that you're compelled to separate yourself from the pack. Sensing a strong conformist overtone in the groups you belong to. Realizing that some of your ideals and principles do not blend with the movements and groups you're a part of. Sensing the differences between people who claim to be on the same side. Standing back, standing apart. Separating yourself from extremists. Separating yourself 
from the cuckoo people. <laughs> okay. Leaving the crowd, leaving the fray. We're going to play a little music and come back to this and let you absorb some of these things. They're pretty powerful ideas. This is a, a very good mindset description of, of an Aquarian or Saturn in Aquarian. Let's play a little more music for now, shall we? This is called Everything Changes.
that was a very haunting tune called Mad About You. We're going to take a look again um, at this mindset of Saturn and Aquarius. You could say it's a typical Aquarian mindset, but Saturn is going to be... What Saturn does is it comes along and it, it sort of colors the vibe or the feel of two and a half years. So we start to see people's attitudes or their behavior, their social behavior, the, you know, the entertainment, the books that come out, the articles that are written, the, you know, the what's okay to say or not say, how it's phrased, the, the values of the day, all of that structure is governed by Saturn and how that next two and a half years or so sort of tells us what's, you know, what's um, au courant, what's, what's okay, where people's heads are at. And, and it doesn't mean everyone's will be. But the overarching message, let's say, of, of everyone or the culture, the news, whatever, it will match more or less this kind of attitude. So it's very interesting that we're talking about technology and mass culture when we have a rebellious a rebellious-minded sign, but also a fixed sign that can be quite... Um, if you know a lot of Aquarians, you'll know. They're, they like their own um, independence, uh, their independence of thought. They don't think the truth can be found by anybody else kind of people. They're usually very uh, knowledgeable. They're friendly to pretty much everyone and inclusive of everyone. And yet, you'll find that they all have their very stubborn streak about what they think. And um, the main thing for me that I anticipate with Saturn and Aquarius is, you know, you might see an academic or intellectual side or, you know, revolutionary ideas coming to the fore. You might see astrology take a swing back, back to the forefront as well because um, it rules astrology. You might see a lot of communal, you know, behavior, meaning like we could see new gurus emer emerge because they have a new way of thinking, a new way of organizing society. We also can see, as this article is sort of emphasizing, a lot of people that'll just want to go off with their own little their own little pockets and friends and groups and they won't want to belong to a bigger the bigger picture and they might feel that they want to stand apart from it so let's continue with what this article says about the mindset of Saturn and Aquarius isolated genius intellectual hermit it's hard to bond feeling isolated and alone and alienated by the very people who are supposed to share your ideals, hopes, and dreams. Social proof becomes the standard in a cold, unfeeling, rational, and isolating sort of way. The rules of social media follow these rules. Uh, sorry, the rules of social media. Follow these rules or get banned from Twitter type of thing. Follow these rules or get blocked on Facebook. Please read our new rules. The rules of group engagement, the rules of friendship, the rules of equality, the rules of being human. Real humans be like this. 
the limits of humanitarianism, the limits of brotherhood, the limits of friendliness. Friendships have limits. How far are you willing to stick your neck out for someone? Where does integration with the collective end? Where do you find yourself no longer relating to a collective political view or group vision? How serious are you about your committee's vision? How serious are you about your team's mission statement? Where do you draw the line? What are the long-term consequences of being involved with your group, groups and organizations? Where are they leading you? Interesting, huh? What's the difference between a movement and a mob? Where's your individual identity? Are your groups ignoring what you bring to the table on a personal level? Lack of interest in individual people, lumping everyone together. You're a millennial, the end. You're a boomer, the end. It's hard to be different now. It's hard to be unique. It's hard to stand out. Putting a lot of time and effort into being different. Stubborn refusal to have anything in common with anyone. Be sure to check off all the boxes and make sure you're standing out. Here's the step-by-step -step plan tried and tested by experts on how to be unique. Will the real humans please stand up? Who are real people? What are real human values? Aquarius is the sign of the individual as a cooperative unit of the group. It's a sign in which, theoretically at least, the individual ego and its needs are subordinated to those of the larger social unit which the individual is part of. That is a quote by Robert Hand, another great astrologer. I'm going to play a little more music and come back to this. I'm loving this. This is a great expose of the mindset. Don't you find? Let's play a little more uplifting music, shall we? <laughs> Here's more music from the soundtrack of Brazil, which is an awesome movie if you want to look at it.
cuando a Barabero llegué Conocí la felicidad Cuando a Barabero llegué Todo fue verdad Recuerdas mi bien que encontraré sin maldad y cuando tus labios besé conocí la paz Cuando a Baradero llegué, conocí la felicidad Y cuando tus labios besé, mi alma tuvo paz Cuando a Varadero llegué, conocí la felicidad Y cuando tus labios besé, mi alma tuvo paz Tengo So, <clears throat> back to the show. I love that Cuban music, don't you? Just love that feeling. Makes me feel like I'm at a beach with great weather and there's fresh air and freedom. That feeling of freedom. For me, that gives me that. I wonder, I wonder for you if you can figure out what kind of music or, you know, activities, atmospheres, people, what makes you feel most free. It's going to become probably more and more on our minds, the idea of freedom and individuality at a time when Saturn is clamping down and saying you will conform to the masses more than usual. 
Here's another uh, great quote from Aldous Huxley's Brave New World Revisited, written in 1958. It's perfectly possible for a man to be out of prison and yet not free, to be under no physical constraint and yet to be a psychological captive, compelled to think, feel, and act as the representatives of the national state or some private interest within the nation wants him to feel, think, and act. The nature of psychological compulsion is such that those who act under constraint remain under the impression that they are acting on their own initiative. The victim of mind manipulation doesn't know that he's a victim. To him, the walls of his prison are invisible, and he believes himself to be free. That he is not free is apparent only to other people. His servitude is strictly objective. I wonder if you can see how that makes sense right now, when we are flip-flopping and floundering with what to believe and who to believe in the media, when we can't trust the media or our politicians, and there's debates over who is saying who's manipulating who. To me, this, you know, this seems very predictive, what was written in Huxley's book, in Brave New World, you know, some of the concepts that were that were in the book, now hopefully we're not going to see all of this, but we might. You never know. Some of it has already started. Genetic manipulation, which we've seen. Maintenance of youth, already started, yes. Sleep teaching, very interesting. I believe in that, but we haven't really done much of that, have we? Soma. Soma is the drug in the, in the book that people take basically to numb themselves. Now, you could argue that our antidepressants are like that. Consumption, religion, family, in utero surgery. I'm sure there's somewhere on the planet they're doing that. Designer babies, plastic surgery, antidepressants, stimulus packages. Interesting. That's just some of the ideas that we see represented. Um, the world state in this book of Brave New World says, the vast majority of the population is unified under the world state, an eternally peaceful, stable, global society. Goods and resources are plentiful because the world's population is permanently limited to no more than 2 billion people. Think about that. Everyone is happy. There's no war or crime. This is sort of that Aquarian, you know, let the sun shine kind of utopian Aquarian thing. Everyone's happy. No war or crime. Everyone has what they need because population is regulated. Now this says, in this is Aldous Huxley. This is nothing else but the Brave New World book. It's saying the population is stable at no more than 2 billion our current world population is more than 5.5 billion. So think about that. If this is proposing, you know, I haven't read anything lately um, that would say how many, how many pop, how many people on earth is optimal to maintain the, uh, the food supply, the different species, uh, global warming. But, um, it's pretty scary, isn't it? 
Let's go back now to this um, mindset of this astrofix.net article about Saturn in Aquarius. All right. As we mentioned, some rules, the rules for being an outsider, the rules on being progressive. Will the real progressives please stand up? Restrictions on progress, the rules of the future, halting progress, stumbling blocks to equality. There's no space. There's no space for people. We're running out of space. Limited freedom, restricted circulation, limited populations, the test of originality, the test of being unique, the test of nonconformity. Can you resist the pressure to join a crowd? Do you feel pressure to join a movement or a cause? Are you someone who normally joins movements and causes? Alienation, feeling more alone than ever. You've been blocked, access revoked. Where are the boundaries of your social group? How far can you go before they ostracize you? Are your progressive friends becoming intolerant? Having friends is a burden. The cause gets real. The real radical, the real revolution. Blocked intelligence, blocked genius, blocked individual expression. Injunctions against groups. Putting limits on mass gatherings. Ha! See? That's already happening putting limits on mass technology, the realities of being involved in movements, blocking technology, limited access to computers, hope not, limited access to progress, to the internet, cyberspace gets smaller. Interesting. The limits of uh, the rules of technology, traditional or old technology. We might see uh, ham radios, Morse code, smoke signals. <laughs> So people will find their ways around. Clearly defined and restricted vision. Isolated fringe groups. Fringe groups with rules and regulations. If you want to fit in with this progressive ideology, you have to follow these rules. That's what I'm saying about, you know, potential cult kind of stuff happening. Progressive people are like this. Forward-thinking people are like this. Read and sign our manifesto, take our oath, sign our petition, commit to our cause, swear an allegiance. What's your name again? Question people outside the cause. Limited access to outsiders. What are the limits of progress? What are the real goals of progress? Limiting your circle of friends. If you want to be friends with this group, then you can't be friends with that group. Members only. Member screening. Member standards. Here are the criteria of being our member. Reality is created by a process of exclusion, of eliminating other possible realities. This aspect of exclusion is one of Saturn's most important attributes. That is Robert Hand, one more time. We're going to play some more music and come back to more of this interesting stuff. Here we go.
if you are astute, you might recognize where that music comes from. I was a big fan of uh, the Dexter show, believe it or not, years ago. And uh, there's some great music on the soundtrack, which is interesting. You know, I didn't like intuitively why I would pick Dexter because look at him, you know, he fits a lot of these themes, doesn't he? If you watch the show fitting in, but not really. So let's continue again uh, with the last little chunk of different mindset, different ideas, attitudes that we might see coming when Saturn is in Aquarius. And as I've mentioned during the show, it moved in to Aquarius recently, the 22nd of March, and it stays until July 1st. So keep your eyes out for some of the foreshadowing of any of this stuff I'm reading now. Maybe that's on your mind. Maybe you see it around you maybe you see it more in the news maybe you sense some of this coming and then we get a six month break and then by December 2020 we start to get a real taste of what's coming with this and I imagine we're not going to really feel the intensity of it until some point at 2021-22 all right so let's continue with what Saturn and Aquarius mindset is like crowd shaming Where is the social proof that you're progressive? Prove your ideals. Prove your vision. You're not doing enough. Maintaining your rebel status. Progressive conformist. Desperately trying to be cutting edge and avant-garde. Rebel de facto. Time to rebel. The rebel bell is ringing. Here are the rules of rebellion. Here are the rules of the revolution. It's going to happen like this. Lack of a real revolution. The revolution got a little stifling, didn't it? Jeez, revolution's a lot of work. Real progress, step-by-step progress for the future, not a flash in the pan. You're going to have to work really hard to see the progress you want. You're going to have to work really hard to see your ideals manifest. There's going to be a lot of stumbling blocks on your way to your utopian vision. Logic dominates... Your circle of friends just got smaller. You can't hang around with people who don't share your vision of progress. Not open to outsiders or outliers. Define progress. Define utopia. Define weird. Define genius. Define outcast. Define a rebel. Define the future. Define human. The scientist testing your hypothesis. The scientific method. Cold hard logic. The cold hard facts. Testing the truth. Prove it. Where's your logical proof? Scientific discipline. It's the whole process that matters. It's just not the end result. Take responsibility for your ideal vision of the future. What will you actually do to make your vision a reality? What's your version of utopia? What have you actually done to create your ideal future? What can you actually do to make tomorrow a better world? Astrological standards, astrological testing, The rules of astrology, testing the truth of astrology, hard science, master of astrology, astrology gets limited, astrology, you've lost that love and feeling, real astrology, scientific astrology, lack of faith in astrology, cold hard rational astrology, this is the method you must use, putting the science back in astrology, putting the astronomy back into astrology, astrology be like this, for real, get your weird facts straight, there are rules for being weird, you know. (laughs) I love this. If you want to read the whole thing, 
It is astrofix.net. Saturn in Aquarius. I've really loved exploring this with you this evening. I hope that some of the um, dystopian literature has given you a mood, a framework, something to bounce off of as we go forward in this brave new world, which includes the coronaviruses, which includes what we're going to, to do to make sure populations are safer and cleaner, and all the things that are going to come with this transition on so many levels, psychosocial levels. Yeah, it's big. We're in a new world, folks. I'm going to play you one last song to go out on, and I wish you a wonderful week. This is... Where is it? Well, that really makes my timing not so climactic, does it, when I can't find the song like that? Uh, One second. (laughs) Ah, well, this makes me quirky and original, doesn't it, when things don't move completely smoothly. So, um... Yeah, and it's not listing it the way... It's not listing the title. Okay, I will find it for you on YouTube. It's a song that, you know... Oh, what year did it come out? Maybe when I search it, it'll tell me. Um, But it it definitely came out in the 80s. And um, it would be interesting if it came out around 84, wouldn't it? So I leave you off with... Duran Duran.
Just a little sorrow. 